morning. All right. If you would stand this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Glad to be in God's house today and glad that you're here. And do want to say that uh, Memorial Day is the day we remember those who give their ultimate for our country and the freedoms that we have to be here. And so, you know, we thank, thank the Lord for those who have done that, and especially our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave us the greatest freedom we'll ever experience in our lives. So we're thankful this morning. Brother Jerry, will you open us today? be seated. Any birthdays? Any anniversaries? All right. Um, well, we're going to do one in the blue book. Make it easy on you. Uh, page 180, Living by Faith. 180.
your red book, turn to 295. 
everybody will be happy over there or you won't be there. And that's just the way that it is. And I know I say those type of things a lot, but it's the truth. Uh, unhappy people will not be in heaven. They'll be in hell. And all those in heaven will be happy. I can guarantee you that this morning. I'm glad that I'm going that way. I'm happy today to be in God's way. And when we get over there, we will sing God's praise. And so thankful for that this morning. Uh, again, continue to pray for all those on our um, prayer request list or upcoming events. Um, just to remember our revival services that are coming. Uh, lifting them up. Uh, continue to pray for uh, Sister Donna Fay. She's got a stand that will be coming up. Uh, Brother Mike Hoggard. Again, put out asking prayer for him and his family. I remember that in your in your prayers this morning. Um, Kayla, remember her in your prayers today. Just kind of thinking of folks that we've talked about. Sister um, Donna, glad to have her back with us this morning. Amen. Been praying. So thankful for that this morning. Any others you want to call by name today? spoken yet. Amen. If you would stand this morning, Brother Saskia and Brother Gary will come and get their offering. Get our substitute usher. Heavenly Father, today we come before you, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be in your house this morning. For each and every one who's come out today, dear God, we're so grateful and thankful, Lord, for the blessings you provide. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity we have to say thank you to all those whose families have had somebody, Lord, who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms, and we're so grateful for that, dear God, Lord, knowing that it hurts them, Lord, but our freedom has been obtained, dear God, more importantly by Jesus, and held, dear God, by so many over the last year, several years, dear God. And Lord, we just pray, touch their hearts, touch the hearts of those families, dear God. Father, we pray this morning that we would just draw close to you and one to another. We pray, dear God, you bless the offering that it be used for thy glory. And we'll praise you, Father, and thank you, Father, in Jesus' blessed name. And amen.
page 52 in your blue book, Oh, the glory did roll. Still rose today. I tell you what, I will praise His dear name, and I'm so thankful this morning for all that God's done for me. Mark, Sue, could you not have one this morning? Could you just have one this morning? Anybody else have a song this morning?
glad and thankful this morning to know he's mine. talk to you this morning about God's mercy and uh, I won't go through all the verses that I have this morning I'll just say this uh, the two words we're looking at is his mercy but I put in parentheses because I know whose mercy I'm talking about God's mercy and you know we live every day of our lives in the mercy of God and I will say this morning, church, that a lot of times we don't even uh, comprehend uh, how much that actually means to us because we take for granted a lot of times the mercy of God. Uh, but 54 times I, I, I thought about this this morning because I'm just a, um, I'm a numbers guy in some ways and a words guy, and, and I just love the word of God, but his mercy is found 54 times. Six times nine. Now, how many of us need God's mercy? Every one of us. The number of man is six. The number of the fruit of the Spirit of God is nine. And if you think about it this way, church, God gives us this message. And, and you can only, I know I say this all the time, it only works through a King James Bible. You cannot count numbers. And by the way, God uses numbers. You can't count numbers in any other version than the King James. They never line up because they change the words and you can't find it. And I thought it was just amazing to me to look at these two words, His mercy, and go through there and every time it's put together it's in reference to God. Never once is it not in reference to God. And it's not found any other place other than those 54 times. That's what God does for us. So we're not going to uh, spend just a long time on every verse there, but, but if you would just go back to the book of Genesis, the 24th chapter, in verse 27, we'll read this, and then we'll get right into the rest of them as we're going through this morning. So stand with us today as we read in the Word of God. Genesis chapter 24, verse 27. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left desolate my master of his mercy and his truth. And I being in the way the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Father, this morning we thank you, Lord, for your love, mercy, and your grace. Asking you, dear God, to help us today. Lead us, Lord, I pray, in the way you would have us to go. And draw us close to thee and one to another. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You say, Brother Ernie, why would you read that verse to start off? Well, it's the first time it's found, and listen to me this morning. Here is a testimony of a servant. Abraham has uh, sent his servant out. He's supposed to go choose a wife there for Isaac. And when we get to this point, listen to what he says. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. And, and the servant knoweth enough about Abraham that he understands that what has happened is of God. And that's, church, let me tell you something. Your effect and my effect, our witness, our testimony to those around about us is the testimony of who God is to us and what God means to us and what God has done to us. And, and there are people in your life and in my life, I know this, that if they were to look around a little bit closer, sometimes they can say, hey, that's the hand of God over there working in that life. Or it's the hand of God that, that done these things. Why do you know that? Because I know that person in their testimony, in their faith, and they're trusting in God. And God has not forsaken them. And can I say this too this morning? There might be times in life where it looks like everything's falling apart. Everything's crumbling down. And you'll be standing there, and while the world seems to be falling apart and crumbling down, you're still standing there with your head up, maybe even your hands up, and you're praising God. And somebody would say, look at them, they've lost their mind. And somebody who knows your testimony, knows your walk, knows your faith, would be able to look instead of saying, they've not lost their mind. They're still praising their God. They're still following the Father. 
can I just say this morning, church, other people will talk about God's mercy in our lives if we will show our love for God and let them understand that we know that God's mercy is in our lives. And that's what we got here for his master. He understood that Abraham, that God had not let down Abraham, but still showed his mercy and his truth in him. And then in 1 Chronicles 16 and 34, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Can I tell you this morning, church, that if you was to think about everything there, about what that really entails there, here's David. David's giving a praise to God. He's, he's granting out, I guess you might say, a, a gratitude there. Uh, unto the Lord. And if you would start back there in the first verse of that chapter and begin to read through in the seventh verse, you'll find there that it says that this, that on the day that David, or excuse me, then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into, to, to thank the Lord into all to the hands of the Asaph and brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye all of his wondrous works. Glory ye in the holy in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. And you just keep reading down there. You're finally going to come to verse 34 where we just read there. Oh, thank, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth uh, forever there. And then you can skip down there and read it again because, see, David didn't stop there, uh, but jump down there in verse 20 or verse 41. And it says, And with him Hermes and Jedith on the rest of the chosen were expressed by name and gave thanks to the Lord because his mercy endureth forever. And by the way, I didn't look it up there because uh, it's mentioned many, many times there, his mercy endureth forever. Uh, we'll get down to that in just a minute where it would cover a bunch. How about just think about it this way this morning. His mercy is everlasting mercy. My mercy and your mercy, well, I'm just be honest with you, is circumstantial sometimes. If you make us mad, uh, we don't show mercy a lot of times. Instead, we show aggravation or, or contentment. And I thought about this as some was, we was talking the other day there. As a Christian, we should always have mercy in our lives uh, towards other people regardless of what's going on. Can I just say to you this morning, in the day that I got saved back in May of 1989, uh, friend there, uh, uh, in that day, uh, excuse me, May of 1990, uh, when I got saved that day, God was showing his mercy toward me, a person who was lost and undone, one who had defiled many times, God, uh, as far as uh, disobedient and rejected. Uh, pretending, uh, faking out that I was a Christian and all the while I was as lost as a goose. But God in his great love showed me great mercy. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross, church, he was showing forth God's mercy to you and I. A merciful God we have today ought to be praised and ought to be worshipped and ought to be glorified. Why? Because he's the only one who's got true mercy. Regardless of what happens to us, God is still merciful. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible says it's the long-suffering of God that leadeth unto repentance. You and I today would be dead the day we sin had God not decided that he would show forth his mercy. And how many times have we had to back up and say, God, I'm sure glad you're merciful because I'm a sure messed up person. I can just tell you this morning, church, as I was studying this, uh, getting, I, I, I get sidetracked. When, I, when, I'm, when I'm looking over things again, trying to make, and all of a sudden I started looking at other words. I was just coming over to print off what I'd got, had, you know, and I'm just thinking to myself, well, I got to go this way and this way. It just brought me to tears because of God's mercy, God's love. God's grace, God's forgiveness. I mean, you stop and think about how many of us this morning could look at our lives and say, you know what, I deserve it. Not me. Not me, I don't deserve it. But praise God today, I got it. I'm so thankful today that I've got it. 
Second Chronicles chapter 5. And, and by the way, there are some who said they can't keep up with me. Ask me if I print these off. If you ever want my, 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 my verses, I don't have notes. I have verses. If you ever want them, tell me. I'll get them to you. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. It says, they came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in, in praising and thanking the Lord. What happened on the day of Pentecost, church? They were of one mind and one accord in the upper room. And what had God done in preparation for the day of Pentecost? He had brought all the people together, regardless of what language it was, when God, God had a timing set up for what he was fixing to do. In the book of Acts, and I, I, I'm jumping out of my thoughts, but think about this this morning. In the book of Acts, they were coming together, one place, one opportunity to spread the gospel like it had never been spread. You talk about a revival service coming on. I mean, this was the best camp meeting there ever was and ever would be. And here they come. But what's in preparation? Disciples. People of faith and belief, 140 in the upper room, praying, one mind, one accord, waiting, just as Jesus said, tarry you here in Jerusalem till you're endued with power on high. And God was going to send down mercy like he'd never, you, you think about it this way, I say like he'd never seen it before. He was sending it down in a way that had never been before. He was sending the comforter down. The Holy Ghost of God was going to come down and sit on the hearts of men. And when it happened there, they were of one mind and one accord. And we read this, and it came to pass the trumpeters and the singers were as one. You want to see God do something? Get the mindset of God. Be as one children of God. I thought about it this way this morning. Can God do what God has always done? Yes, he can. Will he? It depends on whether or not we'll let him. Everybody has their mind made up of what church is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be this. Or it's supposed to be that. And we're supposed to be like this. And we're supposed to be that. Hey, God said come together as one. Children of God. Could you imagine if every person who professed a faith and belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life actually coming together and the only thing they cared about was giving God glory, giving God honor, I mean praising the name of Jesus. Thinking, could you imagine what would happen on a day like that, church? They'd come back and say, these people have lost their mind and they're turning the city of Fort Smith upside down. No, we'd actually gotten back into the right frame of mind. And the city of Fort Smith was getting what God wanted it to have, an opportunity. Church, you and I this morning need to have that mindset. We're coming here today, not for us, not for any, but for God. For the glory of God, for the praise of God, for the worship of God, for the honoring of God. Lifting up the name of God. I mean, I, mean, I thought about the Apostle Paul. He said, I would that men everywhere lift up holy hands. How do you get holy hands? You've got to pray and get right with God. I mean, my hands are not holy outside that Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary's cross and gave me sanctification. And when I received that salvation of the Lord, I was able to lift up holy hands, not because of me, but because of him. So the trumpeters, the singers were as one to make us one sound to be heard in the praising and thanking of the Lord or thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments and music of music and praised the Lord saying, "For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever." That then the house was filled with cloud and even the whole house of the Lord. Can I just say to you church if you read a few further things in your mind that when they begin to worship God, God would come down. Build a temple of God. 
How many times in the scriptures do we read where the temple of God was filled with smoke, where the sacrifice was licked up with the fire of God that came down to consume the sacrifice and accept it, and it was so full that the children of Israel couldn't come near the house of God. You say, Brother Arnie, well, you know, that's different. Hey, listen to me, church. I'm not saying that God would come down and fill this house up so much that we couldn't come in, but rather when we come in that we'd be filled with the Spirit of God so that others would come in and understand that we're meeting in a place and where mindset is such that when we come together, we come together as one in the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God is present. Why? Because God is wanting to do something. I'm telling you this morning, church, I want a soul to be saved. I want a backslider to come back. I want God to do a work and I know God can do it, but we got to have the mindset to let God do it. How many times do we read in our Bible where he says, seek and you shall find. Uh, ask, it shall be given. Knock, and it shall be opened. I'm just telling you, church. You jump down there into verse, and I was going to read most of this. I didn't even think about turning my pages over there. But anyways, you'll find it again in the Second Chronicles chapter 7, two places there, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Again, you can have these if you want them afterwards. I I'll spend too much time, I know, but, but look at this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. And when they had consulted the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and the sound of praise was bountiful of holiness. And as they went out before the army and said, Praise the Lord, his mercy endureth forever. You want to talk about a battle cry, church? Isaiah chapter 3, uh, verse 11, and it's saying together by course of praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. Uh, at church, there's a unification that takes place because he is good for his mercy endureth for, forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Can I tell you something? The Bible tells me, and I, I thought about this as I was thinking uh, that, that Jesus Christ is the stone which the builders rejected of the house of God has been laid by Jesus. He is the sure foundation. By the way, he is the only sound foundation in this morning. And they built the house of God uh, back then rejoicing. It was brought up. They built another house of God uh, rejoicing. In church, uh, uh, it's not there today. Uh, they talk about a time when they're going to rebuild a, a temple mount over in Jerusalem. But I'm going to tell you something. They don't need to rebuild a temple mount over there. Because uh, my Bible says that Jesus Christ is the, build, the solid foundation. He is the rock in which they, he's the cornerstone. Uh, church, what are you saying there, brother? I'm just saying this. He's already got a temple. He don't need a stone one. He said you and I are the temple of the living God. Think about that this morning, church, how things have changed. Psalms chapter 33, verse 18, if you want to read there, you can. I, I, I just I don't have time to go over these, but, but go to Psalms chapter 138 this morning, or 136 if you would. Remember I said that we would cover his mercy endureth forever a little further. Well, here you go, church, 26 times. His mercy endureth forever. It was thought enough that we should read it every time. I won't read them all, but, but let's just start here in verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his goodness, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone doth great wonders for his mercy endureth forever to him that by wisdom made the heavens and for his mercy endureth forever to him that stretched out the earth above the waters for his mercy endureth forever to him that made great lights for his mercy endureth forever had the sun to rule by day for his mercy endureth forever the moon stars to rule by night for his mercy endureth forever can i tell you something church we don't even think about this i'm not an astrologer i don't understand that but the, but i do know this that the bible tells us that god established certain things so that we would be able to have seasons of planting, seasons of growing. And the moon and the stars and the sun all play in this. The tilting of the axis of the earth. My God has such mercy that he said, you know what? 
I'm going to give you the ability to do something, but I'm going to make it possible for you to do it. Think about this church. They say that the earth, if it tilts one way or the other, by one degree will either freeze or burn up. And yet all the years they've been telling us that we're destroying the earth, it's still right where God put it. If God wanted to freeze us out, all you have to do is tilt it. God wanted to burn us up, all you got to do is tilt it. And by the way, the Bible tells me one day that this earth will melt with a fervent heat. I don't think God's going to tilt it, church. I think God's going to consume it in his wrath. And when he does, he's going to send forth a fire like's never been known before. And that fire will be an all-consuming fire. But you know what else that fire is? It's a refining fire. What happens at the end? We'll have a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Why? Because Satan defiled heaven when he went against God and God kicked him out. Satan still goes to God and presents himself there accusing you and I. And one of these days, God's going to make a new heaven wherein dwelleth righteousness. Sin will not be known. And by the way, a new earth, and I don't understand this, but it won't look like this place. You and I won't be driving cars. We won't be worried about fossil fuels. Hey, $10 gallon gas won't be, won't be around. Think about it, church. Nobody has screamed, put out an electric car. Don't get me to go down that road. Lord, keep me on path. His mercy endureth forever. Jump down there a few verses. Said he divided the Red Sea. He made Israel to pass through. I'm, I'm, I'm not reading the whole verse. I'm skipping down through. But overthrew Pharaoh. He led his people. He smote great kings. Uh, slew famous kings, uh, and then he names a few kings. And then we, we find this. He said this in verse 23, Who remembereth us in our lowest state, for his mercy endureth forever. God remembers us and hath redeemed us from our in enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who gave food, giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. And then look at verse 26. We start off with it. We end with it. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Church, there's not a person, there's not a one who's like God. In, in, in Psalms 147 and verse 11, it said, And the Lord uh, taketh pleasure in them that fear him, uh, in those that hope in his mercy. Can I tell you, outside the mercy of God, uh, you and I are in a heap of trouble. Uh, but listen to me. Uh, God, I, I love that there. Uh, the Lord taketh pleasure. Now, friend, this morning, I want you to know something. Uh, God has a, 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 a wants to take pleasure in your life and in my life. And all we got to do is trust in Him and love Him and fear Him. Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We'll begin to understand how wonderful His mercy is, how great gracious his mercy is how long suffering his mercy is how gentle his mercy is i'm just telling you this morning how far down the mercy of god can reach can i just tell you something this morning uh, god the, the bible says that god's ear is not heavy and his hand is not short that god's got mercy that reaches down unto uh, the farthest farthest pit uh, that anybody who'll call upon the name of the lord and be saved uh, god can reach further down than you and i can reach up uh, we sing this song there he reached further down than i I can reach up. Why? Because his mercy is greater than anything else. The devil hates you this morning, but God loves you. The devil has no mercy, but God has ultimate mercy. Remember what I said. We have limited mercy. But God has unlimited. I'm grateful for that this morning. Then if you would, jump over with me. I'll try not to skip too much more. Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. We're going to start reading in verse 1. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the, make, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, 
Church, listen to these words. Call unto me, and I will, will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I, I, I want you to understand something this morning. I, I don't believe that we can make God do anything outside of his will. But I honestly do believe that we are not fully seeing the will of God sometimes because we are not calling on God. We are not ple uh, uh, reaching out to God. Uh, sometimes, and, and, I, and, I, and I will say this, sometimes we miss things because we are not part of what God wants us to be. We're not doing what God wants us to do. And we're, we're back in the corner sometimes feeling sorry for ourselves and instead of asking God what, what it is that God wants me to learn from this. One of the things that I've been going through of late, and I'm, and I'm constantly uh, uh, telling folks, I'm just asking God, what does God want me to learn from this? What does God want me to do from this? How, and where is God taking me from this? And what is it that God is planning out of this? And I, and I just sit there and I think about this. Uh, sometimes I don't ask enough. And instead I'm sitting there, well, I'm just waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Hey, God said ask. He wants to show his mercy. He wants to do things. Ask, call unto me, and I will answer thee. Why did Jesus say, all those who come unto me, I will in no wise cast out? Because he said, whosoever will, he was ready to receive. What happens, though, when the door gets shut to? The marriage supper of the Lamb comes. The bride of Christ is going in. Those that are ready. What happens to all those on the outside? It's just like in the day of Noah. Nobody believed Noah until the door got shut. Somebody asked the question, do you think it was raining before the door got shut? I don't know. Do you think the water was very deep before the door got shut? I don't know. But I know this. A lot of folks looking at Noah thinking, you're crazy. Your family's crazy. It ain't never rained, and I don't know what rain is, but it ain't never happened here. It ain't going to happen. Look how much time you spent doing this, Noah. God's mercy was there for a hundred years. And everybody said, you're crazy. Say, Brother Ernie, are you sure about that? I don't know. But it seemed to me like there was a lot of people walking around doing this. The Bible says that their minds were on evil continually. Which makes you wonder how many of them thought, you know what? Noah gets on there, I'm going to make sure he don't get off. I'm going to surround this, burn it, or whatever. He's crazy. But Noah is faithful. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What does that mean? Noah found God's mercy. His mercy. Did what God told him to do. When that door was shut, God did the pitching, by the way, on the outside. Remember the instructions? Pitch it within and without. Who pitched the outside if God didn't do it? Noah pitched the inside, I believe, but God pitched the outside. Hey, when God shuts the door, wonder how many people were asking then and couldn't get on, couldn't get in. Call on me. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the house of this city, and concerning the house of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the swords. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it, shall but it is to fill them with dead bodies of men, and whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury, and, and for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. Behold, I will bring it health and cure. I will cure them and will reveal Reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return. 
and I will build them as the first, and I will cleanse them from all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me, and it shall come to be, excuse me, and it shall be to me a name of joy and praise and honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear all the good that I have done unto them, that they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness for and all the prosperity that I procure it, uh, procure unto it. Thus saith the Lord again: There shall be heard in this place which ye shall say, uh, shall, which ye shall say, be desolate. Without man and without beast, even the city of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, and are desolate, excuse me, that are desolate without man and without inhabitants and without peace. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, the voice of them that say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever, and of them shall bring sacrifice of praise in the house of the Lord, for I will cause the return of the captivity of the land as the first hand of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts again in this place, in the desolate without man, without beast, and all the city thereof, and the inhabitants shepherd causing their flocks to lie down in the cities and the mountains, and the, excuse me, and the cities of the vale, and the, excuse me, don't worry about it. Verse 16, in those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely, and this is the name wherein they sh she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. For thus saith the Lord, David shall never want to sit a man or want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. Can I tell you this morning, church, that I was thinking about this a little while ago. How do we know all of this come to pass? All we got to do is look at a cross called Calvary, and we know that God done exactly what he said he was going to do. And by the way, the people of Israel, having rejected of God, rejected God, is still God's chosen people. God has a remnant, God has a work, and can I I say to you and I this morning, because of what they did, we got to see the mercy of God. And His mercy endureth forever. Luke chapter 1, verse 50 says, His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. In verse 54, He hath hoped in His servant Israel in remembrance of His servant or his mercy. In Romans chapter 15, in verse 9, it says, that the, And that the Gentile might glorify God for his mercy, as is written, For this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles. I remember what happened in Romans chapter 11. We were reminded there that the rejection, as I just said, the rejection of God by Israel was you and I and our salvation. And the last place I'll be this morning is Titus chapter 3, in verse 1. Titus chapter 3. In verse 1, he says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to reply, uh, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, uh, to, not, to be no brawler, or brawler uh, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving a diverse lust and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another. But after the kindness of uh, kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared. Hey, church, can I tell you this? He was telling us, let's show what we're supposed to show to those we're supposed to show. Show the love. Uh, show respect. Uh, show kindness. I don't do what other people are doing. And then in verse 3, he said this. He, he named what we were, for we ourselves also were sometimes uh, foolish. I'm going to tell you, the foolish said in his heart, there is no God. Uh, this country is full of fools today. Uh, but can I tell you, the fool is also the one rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, this morning, you might be refusing to get things right because you think everything's right but you know things are wrong hey but God don't care right I'm telling you that's a foolish thought to think that God does not care uh, he absolutely 100% cares this morning uh, but then he said for we ourselves were sometimes full disobedient have you ever been uh, disobedient deceived even uh, serving diverse lusts and pleasures living in malice and envy hateful and hating one another can I tell you this morning church there is no room in a 
this out of God's heart for hate of another person. If you hate them, you are killing them. You say, Brother Arnie, no, I'm not. Hey, you never tell anybody about Jesus whom you hate. And the Bible tells us that he that hateth his brother is likened to a murderer. And you know no murderer hath eternal life abiding in them. Can I tell you something this morning, church? There's a lot of people who sit in the house of God who have hate in their heart towards somebody else. And you expect to go to heaven? I'm telling you, you won't get there. That's God's word. Not mine. Better get hate out of there. Ain't no room for hate. But after the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward men appear. Church, he came. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. I can't do it. But according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Can I tell you something this morning, church? Without his mercy, without God's mercy, we have no hope. But if we hope and we wait in his mercy, we ought to have great hope, great peace. Great joy, great shouting, great rejoicing, great worship. We ought to be having a good time in the Lord. Would you stand this morning? Father, thanking you today for all that you've done, all that you've given. Lord, you're more, God, there's just no way to explain, dear God, how good you are to me. God, I don't deserve it, but I sure praise you for it. God, touch our hearts and our souls this morning. Help us, God, to understand. Help us, God, to be a light of your mercy. God, showing your grace. Lord, I praise you this morning for all these that are here. Praying, dear God, for those who couldn't come and asking the Lord for those who would God, move, stir us. We'll give you glory, honor, and praise in the blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen. If you have a desire to come this morning and pray, whatever.